It's certainly worthy, ladies and gentlemen, of a WrestleMania rematch. This is a match we'll be talking about for years to come. The Shawn Michaels, John Cena one-on-one -on -one match on a sold-out night in Earl's Court in London, England. Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I'm Mike Kyoto. And I am one excited Londoner. Yeah, you are. Man, this is going to be such a fun episode. This is a match that I've wanted to cover from the beginning, right? Uh, do you guys feel the same? Is this one that automatically came to mind? When we I remember we, this we talked about this one. This is like on the short list when we first started. It's definitely one of those that come to mind. I mean, even if it's not this one, it's the WrestleMania match. Right. Right? Right. Because today, uh, as, as Landon said, we're coming to you live from London, England, Earl's Court, April 23rd, 2007, because this match is not the night after WrestleMania, like you might remember. <laughs> Oops. No, it's uh, three weeks later. It's like the Bernstein, Bernstein, Bears thing going on here. Yeah. Like, I could have sworn... This was the night after Mania. It's yeah. Raw after Mania. Right. It is not, however. So it's John Cena versus Shawn Michaels in what is uh, the rematch from from their WWE Championship match at WrestleMania 23. Um, I mean, this is remembered as one of the greatest matches in Monday Night Raw history. Oh, absolutely. Like the, And it's actually our second trip to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that that's right. Um, as a matter of fact, at 55 minutes and 49 seconds, this is the longest match on Raw or SmackDown in history that was just a one-on-one -on -one singles match with no, like, no Iron Man Yeah, no gimmicks. Yeah. Um, you know, you can throw in the gauntlets and stuff. Obviously, those, some of those have gone longer, uh, and obviously 60-minute Iron Man matches went just a little bit longer. But as far as one-on-one -on -one singles match, this is the longest it gets in Raw or SmackDown history, which is kind of crazy as long as those shows have been around. Well, I think it's funny. Just, you started mentioning it's the longest match. No, no, no. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar had a 60-minute Iron Man match. Like, oh, wait, no, it's a gimmick. Yeah, and yeah. And there, uh, about six months later, Triple H and John Cena had to face the entire Raw locker room in a gauntlet elimination match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the entire night was that one match. Yeah, and Benoit and, and Triple H, I think, had an Iron Man match at one point on a Raw. Yeah. They did. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, this is the Seth Rollins gauntlet match that was pretty recent. That went an hour and a half or something stupid on an episode of Raw. So there's been long matches, but as far as one on one singles, just a straight contests, up singles match. Yeah. What's crazy though, it does it does not feel like 55 minutes. No, it really doesn't. Um, That's because we have commercial breaks. But really, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. Even the you know we get what do we get out of this? 40 ish minutes of actual. I think 42 match. minutes. Yeah, it doesn't feel that long at all. I, I completely agree with you. Um, which I think speaks to kind of the story they're telling. Yeah, very good storytelling in this match. <laughs> so just a couple years ago, Sean had an interview with NBC Sports. Uh, I, I don't know, Spencer, did you did you see this interview? Because I know I know you're doing normally. The normally, I do. I, I didn't see this. What you got? It's for me? so so cool. So is essentially they're just sitting down with him talking about his career and the you know some of his highlights throughout the years have come up. This match in particular comes up. And he's like, okay, well, this was an hour-long Monday Night Raw classic with John Cena. you got to tell me about it. And so Sean was just like, okay. So that turned out at the end of our European tour that year. And we'd already been on the road there for over a week. And I found out that we were doing this whenever I got to the building. And I was like, 
oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you could just imagine. Imagine Shawn Michaels strolling on up to, and you know, just got off the plane. Right. I'm going to go do this show. Hey, uh, Sean, you're going to do a one-hour match with Cena tonight. Good luck. <laughs> huh? I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, you got to think he's a little bit jet-lagged. He just had this grueling match with Cena at WrestleMania just two or three weeks prior. Right. Insane. So Sean goes on to say, It's amazing how trying to do that hour-long match didn't seem like such a big mountain to climb. No. It really helps when you have a history with someone. John and I were coming off the WrestleMania 23 match, and because of that, we had a decent amount of story points to hit and work around, so it was easy. It obviously doesn't hurt when you're in in a phenomenal environment. Let's face it, the folks in the UK are pretty easy to wrestle in front of, and they're a very passionate group. I gotta say, that's one of my favorite matches. Hey, that's really good. And that is a very Spencer interview that you found there, so that was really good. I think it's interesting he mentions how the UK fans are easy to wrestle in front of. Like, yeah, because if they tried to have th- that match like in front of, like I don't know, like a Chicago or New York crowd, even though like the second two-thirds of it are like this very, very high-paced storytelling, they would boo the fuck out of them in the first five minutes, Yeah, which, is, which pisses me off. They're going to wrestle for an hour. They're not going to go fucking like A to Z the entire time. They have to build up. And people don't understand that anymore. And that's why modern wrestling fans piss me off. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing. We talked about this. Uh, we talked about British wrestling when we did the Pete Dunn-Tyler Bate match. Right. From season one. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, you know, as this is what, this is going to be our, our second episode of 2020. Yeah. Right. So we, you've had a lot of, of really cool moments. And even, even with us looking back at kind of 2019 and, and the decade in general, we have some friends at the uh, Then Now Whatever podcast that did a, a sort of an episode on their favorite matches of this past decade. And uh, a couple of the matches that they did cover on that episode uh, Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate and Revival versus DIY are matches that are on our list of the greatest of all oh. time as of right now so then now whatever podcast thanks so much that's really cool if you haven't checked that out go do it because re- just even that uh decade recap episode is really a whole lot of fun totally totally recommend it um and it should turn you on to that show as a whole because it's it's really a good time so shout out to those guys oh, yeah, that's a great show and, and british wrestling as a whole like we were saying like it we, we talked about it a little bit during the pete dunn tyler bait match but it's essentially what you get here is they knew where they were. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was a it's a slow paced, methodical, and not to say like slow paced as in it's a whole bunch of wrestlers the whole match. It's a build. There's a couple of rest holds. Cerebral, but uh, if you pay attention, they're not doing a rest hold because catch your breath. They're doing a rest hold. <laughs> no, and you can hear John Cena bellowing spots. Yeah, I mean, th- okay. So kind of my my one thing going into this match is we're st- we are very much in the Superman John Cena era at this point in 2007 this is the era where he went from getting a mixed reaction to just getting booed yeah uh, yeah a little bit right and and especially in this london crowd they they don't like him um but if if there's a complaint that you can have about this match is that cena hasn't at this point he's still kind of the bulky guy in the ring and he still seems there's not a whole lot of fluid to to his actions now he obviously gets better throughout his oh yeah he gets way better but he he looked he looked pretty good here because i think we we talked about the match. We didn't review it. We briefly mentioned the SummerSlam 2005 Hulk Hogan Shawn Michaels encounter. Yeah. Now that same night, Cena has a match with Chris Jericho where he looks very very sloppy and very mm-hmm. very rough. Two years later, he looks night and day. He's way better, but nothing compared to what he would get to around like 2012, right. 2015, where I think that's peak John Cena. Yeah, I agree. I think he's having some of his best matches around there. But I think yeah. that 
style of wrestling. I think this match really pulled out of John Cena. Like, look, you've been doing this, you've been doing this, you've been very successful. Let me yeah. show you what you can be doing. Well, That's think... what I am getting from Shawn Michaels is he's pulling out the best of John Cena. And I think he is so much better after he steps out of the ring after this match. I think so too. But I think the thing the problem with Cena is he was kind of taught how to wrestle the John Cena match. Sure. So he can do that match and he can do it flawlessly. But when he gets in the ring with like Shawn Michaels or when he was living in the rings with people like AJ Styles or even the 1,010 matches he had with Randy Orton, you need somebody better than you to improve. Sure. And if they keep booking him against like the great Kali or Umaga, nothing against them. It's just those are very... Um, well, they were sort of green whenever they got paired with they, Cena. Yeah, they were. And, oh, and there are matches very, where, very where John can absolutely wrestle the same style. Oh, yeah, exactly. He, he can wrestle that powerhouse, but uh, that doesn't work against Shawn Michaels. Well, prior to this feud, Cena was actually mixed up in a feud with Umaga, and they had a classic last-man-standing match at the Royal Rumble. Oh, oh yeah, one. they had good yeah. matches, but, but the point I was trying to make is Cena's style is designed for monster heel. Yeah, yeah, so it definitely when is. when you put him in the ring with a smaller way more talented like ground mat wrestler it makes for an interesting match yeah it forces him to change the game it, it should really be did. it should be no surprise that we're almost i mean 24 episodes are almost a quarter of the way into this list and this is our very first john cena entry but it shouldn't be a surprise that it's paired with Shawn michaels oh no you know what i mean just kind of to to follow your point there is this our first Shawn michaels match second second with triple h Shawn michaels oh one forever. Yeah, well, but, like but that's the thing. Seven. It's so it's so <laughs> it's so strange to me. This is only our second Sean match because yeah. I was uh, this this list is going to be littered with Shawn Michaels matches. Oh, There's going to be yeah. at least like probably two to three more in there. I mean, it has to be. So I mean, if it were up to me, <laughs> well, how many more episodes do we have? Seventy <laughs> six. Uh, I can come so up with seventy six. I'm really Shawn excited. Michaels. I'm really excited. This one, this one won out because there's a lot of yeah. things. This is it's an interesting time in wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. We talked yeah, about. We, we talked about how, how Cena was kind of going off and, and being Superman. Uh, at the Royal Rumble, he has this great match with Umaga. And Sean, at this time, along with DX, is feuding with Rated RKO. And Edge and Orton are the World Tag Team Champions. God, I love those belts. They were great. They're the so good. Red and gold. You know, oh, the World them. Tag Team Championship. I'm actually oh, yeah. very yes. happy you mentioned that DX was shooting with Ready RKO. Yeah. Do you know why we got the John Cena Shawn Michaels feud? What? Because didn't Triple H get injured? Yeah. Wasn't he, Triple H supposed to be with John Cena? Yeah, he that blew out his knee. Yeah, he, he blew out his knee at New Year's Revolution. Yep, he's going to be out for six months. Yeah, it, this, so. it was supposed to be kind of the coming out party for Cena because 22 was Cena versus Triple H, uh, but Triple H was the, the firm heel in that was, match. Is that 22, or is yeah, 22? Cena and Triple H was 21? Because no. wasn't Batista and JBL 21 as well? Yeah. Well, it was Batista and... Batista and J- Triple H. Batista, Triple H. And then Cena and... and, then Cena and okay, and that's yeah. right. And then, and then and it was Cena gonna, and Triple H When they 22. wrestled at 22, right, it was right. going to be like heel versus babyface, but yep. this was going to be like face-face Triple H like rematch. Mm-hmm. But he, like I said, he blew out his knee. He was out for six months. He didn't come back until almost SummerSlam. Yeah, it was a that's long right. time. Uh, and actually... Ric Flair tries to team up with Sean after Triple H is out of the picture. Essentially, it's the night when he, you know, they find out that Sean's all alone. And essentially, the rated RKO angle is, we're going to kill DX. We started with Triple H. Sean, you're next. And uh, Ric Flair's just like, I'm not going to let them do that to you, whatever. Next thing you know, Ric Flair's on the ground. <laughs> and uh, so, Sean's got to go <laughs> Thanks out. Thanks a lot, <laughs> right. Rick. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget this, because... 
Todd Grisham was doing an interview with Sean, and Sean just snaps. And he's just like, if DX dies today, I'm taking everyone down with me. And he super kicks Todd Grisham. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay, let me... Let me oh, I, I'm just kind of registering a memory, I think, that I have here. Was I feel like, was there a moment where there was an, an edge and Shawn Michaels street fight on Raw? Oh, yeah. Where, We're getting there. Is that... Yeah, is that during this? Okay, because I... Totally I, is. I'm pretty confident that that was in Louisiana and I was there. It sure was in Louisiana, okay. actually. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I was there. That and was I don't, in, yeah, that was in Lafayette. You, okay, okay. It's all making sense to me now. So yeah. 14-year-old Spencer was there. And by the way, 26-year-old Spencer still really wishes he had his DX shirt with the cross <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> uh, funny, fun fact about Lafayette crowd, they will never come back to Lafayette. Oh, no, Lafayette's the They are coming back to Lafayette for WWE Live in just a few weeks. Live they won't come back to TV, recording. Yeah, TV, I don't think so. They yeah. released a YouTube video about how the Lafayette crowd is the worst crowd they ever performed in front of. It was Yikes. pretty but Yeah, it was a really bad crowd. Yeah. But so I remember that street fight. Yeah. So well, later that later that night, after Shawn Michaels kicks the crap out of Todd Grisham, Shawn has an incredible <laughs> handicap match because you know Ric Flair was supposed to be his partner. So it's a handicap match against Randy Orton and Edge. They beat him to a bloody pulp. Uh, he survives, and then he gets a sledgehammer, and he totally destroys them. Uh, he oh, actually he gives Orton a concerto, and I'm just thinking like. You would never see that shit on TV no, nowadays. Right, right. Like it, it, it just kind of blew my mind. It just kind of brought me back to that 2007. It's just like wrestling used to be good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Well, I mean, to be fair, well. you know, we were also younger. You know, and that's a big. I think that plays a big part of it. And there's a lot of good wrestling now too. So, uh, totally we didn't kidding. know about concussions like we did. Uh, no, I'm yeah. totally kidding. Totally <laughs> kidding. But I, I, I do. Uh, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, but. But this is a great moment in Shawn Michaels' career. Last week, I felt a feeling that I didn't think existed anymore. <laughs> a feeling that I could overcome <laughs> even the most overwhelming odds. A feeling that I could beat up any bully who thinks he can just push his way through life. Now, as many of you know, over the last several years, I have tried my utmost to suppress those feelings, to put them away, to not let them come out and not show them anymore. <laughs> that stops today! No matter what the odds, no matter what the obstacles, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, the showstopper, is back! And he believes that he can once again be the WWE Champion. This Sunday, the road to WrestleMania begins. A 30-man, over-the-top rope Royal Rumble to determine who will go to the main event at WrestleMania. I am going to take my new 
reborn passion. And may God have mercy on the 29 individuals who dare to get in my way. It was a great promo. Um, the next week, Sean and Edge have it out in that street fight. Spencer was it's there. It's all coming back to me now. And Randy Orton comes out to give Edge the assist and then turns on him. That's right. And so you, you got to remember, Rated RKO are the world tag team champions right, right now. So right. there's some dissension in the ranks. And uh, Sean, uh, you know, so the, the rumble happens. And Sean says, you know, obviously Sean didn't win. But he says, no mortal man can keep me from wrestling for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Guess who eliminated him? The Undertaker. Wait, hold on. This is one of this is Rumble 2007. So this yeah, is this is the year that they went. They're the last two, and they went like 11 minutes. And the entire time, you're like, oh god! One of the greatest finishes <laughs> in Royal Rumble history. Yeah, right. And the, and I love that because the next year they start. They're the they're yeah, one first two. two yeah, to start. Yeah, okay. that's really uh, cool. I, let me tell you something. 14 year old Spencer wanted more than anything else on the planet for Shawn Michaels to be champion again because I like I had only seen that from videos that I had watched after the fact because I didn't start watching wrestling until after he was never champion, right? So that's all I ever wanted. So like this Undertaker, Shawn Michaels finish at the Rumble was like peak, get me <laughs> on the edge of my seat. It was too well, much. And it's also the long play, right? Yeah. yeah. Because two years later at WrestleMania 25, we get what a lot of people consider the greatest match of all time. And I'm sure it'll never touch this podcast. <laughs> never. No, we would never do that match. Right. Uh, the next night on Raw... On the road, the, the official start to the road to WrestleMania 23, Shawn Michaels starts off the night essentially calling out John Cena and making his intentions known. He's like, dude, we get, we got to go. Um, but they have to wait. Essentially, John Cena is all for it. Yeah. But they have to wait because Undertaker has to pick who he's going to face at Mania first. Then Edge comes out, makes a pretty legitimate case for why he should face Cena for the WWE Championship at Mania. Uh, to this point, Edge was undefeated at WrestleMania. I, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's a pretty good argument. Yeah, um, and then Orton comes out, makes his case, whatever. So just as all of this is about to break down, Vince decides to make the match: Rated RKO versus Cena and Shawn Michaels for the World Tag Team Championship. And after some trouble in paradise between Edge and Orton, Cena and Michaels do pick up the win and the belts. But as Cena is about to celebrate, Sean gears up for the sweet chin music. Then all the lights go out. And we get The Undertaker coming out making everyone think, oh, we'll never get Cena versus Michaels because he's going to pick you know, yeah. Cena and all this. Um, but, but it's interesting, right? You get this setup and... My only complaint about having World Tag Team Champions going into WrestleMania is we kind of just did that at WrestleMania 21 with Eddie and Ray. The The difference, though, is that there's also that story of we have to, you know, can we also keep the tag titles important because we are tag team champions, but this WWE championship, which is something that Eddie and Ray didn't have to fight over, sure. you know, adds value. And, you it know, does. It, and it, so there's an extra wrinkle. So I understand that that there's definitely a conversation as far as... It's eh, picking hairs. It is. It is. I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Uh, did, did they have a Saturday night's main event? Did that happen? 
in this? Oh, they they brought it back for like a year or two. Um, I think it was the next year. Was or maybe it was. I'm just remembering Cena and Michaels went went like had a tag team match against Taker and Batista. Was that on Raw or at? I, I that was. I'm telling myself it's Saturday. That night, was at No Way Out. I think that was at No Way Out. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. So so yeah. He Undertaker does end up picking Batista, and the main event is set to be a. Uh, the, and then the main event is set the next night on Raw to be a triple threat match between Shawn Michaels, Edge, and Randy Orton, which is excellent booking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see all three of these guys going to Mania. Like these, uh, they've been in each other's throats for weeks, and now it comes down to this match to see who goes to WrestleMania to face John Cena. Well, as we all know, at WrestleMania 23, John Cena and Shawn Michaels have what many consider to be one of the greatest championship matches in WrestleMania history. I don't want to talk too much about this one because we may be covering it later. Yeah. But uh, Shawn Michaels does submit to the SCFU after an intense match. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. And the night after WrestleMania... We get this match. Nope. No, we don't. Sure don't. No, they did for the tag team titles. <laughs> yeah. So, so the show starts with Cena and Michaels coming out that first Raw after WrestleMania, and HBK does this whole, you know, like this is normally the time when I come out here and I congratulate you for beating me, and everybody's happy and it's all great. But Sean says, "You won, and I lost, and I don't like it." Our match. It wasn't about. Screw jobs, it wasn't about mind games, it wasn't about massive egos, brother. It wasn't about who got cheered and who got booed. And it sure as heck wasn't about a handshake to show good sportsmanship. No, it was a match about winning and losing. You won. And I lost. And I don't like it. I am sick and tired of having to come out here, look guys in the eye, extend my hand to them, and lie to myself and tell them They were the better man. That ends tonight. Not again. John Cena, you may have won last night, but you are not the better man. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Yeah, and Cena, of course, at that point is like, let's go. And so they're about to do it. You know, they they decide we're going to defend the WWE Championship again right now. You think you're the better man? Show me. Prove it. And then Jonathan Coachman, who has – do you hate his theme music? I don't know. Like, I, I just, just hate it I just lot. hate him in general. It's <laughs> kind of the worst. I like the coach as a human being. I just – I can't deal with that music. But he comes – and he's incredibly annoying in this role. Right, so he's very much. I mean, the, that was that was the, the point. point. <laughs> that was the point. But he was kind of uh, he was the the non wrestler Baron Corbin kind of of that time. You know when you know oh, when Baron was the acting GM or whatever. Put a absolutely. crown on that man. <laughs> right, right, right. So so Coachman comes out and says, uh, "Hey, yeah, don't forget you're tag team champions, right? So you're going to defend your tag titles in a ten team battle royal." Okay, that seems fair. <laughs> 
It was totally fair. And right. then they won. Yeah. Woo. Right? You couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, that those are those are some real chips stacked against you. And you pulled it off. And so they're like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens you know, next week. But before they can leave the ring, Coach comes out again and says, oh, my bad. I have another 10-team <laughs> battle royal for you. <laughs> my, my fault. Unprecedented. So, yeah. So can you imagine? 20 teams? Monday. Right. Are There, could you there were 20 tag teams in WWE on this night. That might be the most unbelievable That's part. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, they had tag teams like. Finley was with somebody. It was like Matt Stryker and Elijah Burke were together as like new breedies. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty I think weird. We get Finley and uh, Regal, actually, because they were part That's of what it was, they're yeah. part of King Booker's court. <laughs> no, I think it was actually Finley and Booker, right? I think Booker T comes Booker out. Booker was in the match. Booker was in the match. Booker was oh, in okay. the match. Yeah. But Regal was. Regal, oh, Regal was with uh, oh some super random dude. Because uh, I looked at him, I was like, I've never seen this guy before a day in my life. It was William Regal. Oh, is it Dave Taylor? It was Dave Taylor. Yeah, the, they revived the Blue Bloods. Yeah. What about uh, Paul Burchill? Was Paul Burchill in this match? He was I not. Wish. I wish oh, he would have flown in like, on his captain. Is, is this Captain rope. Jack Paul Burchill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they start the second battle royal, and about halfway through, you know, the the storyline being told by by King and Jr. is that Michaels is carrying the team. Like Cena's struggling to not get eliminated. Michaels keeps saving him, and one point he does save Cena again from getting eliminated by John Morrison. And the Miz and Shawn Michaels then takes Sean Cena and throws him over the top rope. <laughs> classic, classic Shawn Michaels, right? Classic Shawn Michaels. So they're no longer tag team champions. He because he and on his way back up the ramp, Shawn Michaels says, "There's only one thing that matters, you know." And my focus is on the WWE title. And the next night on Raw, Shawn Michaels pins Orton to become the number one contender. And so you can see it. It's he's laser focused on becoming the champion again, and I wish he would have. Like, could I you know. imagine? I know. I yeah. if we had that championship run just with Shawn Michaels, I mean, more. he didn't need it. Is no, the he thing, didn't. But right? it would have been great just to get one more run, even if it's only like from Mania to like SummerSlam, and then all right. I just me personally, much as you said earlier, I wanted it because badly. Yeah, oh, absolutely. God. Absolutely agree. So that following Raw, April 9th, so we're now two weeks out from WrestleMania, just like you said, HBK um, becomes number one contender against Orton, but not without controversy, right? Edge comes out, interferes in the match a little bit. No one really knows who won, uh, but there is a a special general manager for the night, Michael Pena, who is from the Make-A-Wish Foundation that Mick Foley comes out and introduces. And uh, as Coachman is trying to make it this wild handicap match against John Cena at Backlash, Michael Pena comes out and says, no, we're going to have a fatal four-way at Backlash, right? So it's going to be Cena, which is almost kind of where you saw the story heading all the way back from the Rumble when all this stuff started happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we finally have Orton and Edge and HBK and Cena all in one match set for the main event of Backlash. Um, but we have a couple of Raws to go until we get there. Well, I think it was excellent booking. I mean, these yeah, four guys sure. were, the, their storylines were intertwined for weeks. And so finally being able to get them to, to settle their differences all in the ring at the same time, I think was a really good call. Isn't it great when we have like good booking? And Isn't good booking awesome? Uh, this kind of brings us to uh, we're at the go home show for Backlash. We're the Raw before Backlash, and uh, we're in London, England, right? And the the kind of double main event for the night is Cena and Michaels are going to have a WrestleMania rematch, and Orton and Edge are going to have a match against each other as well, sort of team rated RKO against each other. Uh, but that's not what we get uh, because Cena and Michaels go for fifty five minutes. <laughs> So Orton and Edge doesn't happen. Um, but just to kind of, you know, 
pit make you picture it it is april 23rd it is the the monday before backlash 2007 from earl's court in london england uh on commentary of course is jr and jerry lawler with referee mike kyoto who is not making his first appearance on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) this is his third appearance yeah so whoever told you this is his first appearance they they don't know what they're talking about uh so prior to this match cena does approach mike or or i guess michael's approaches cena they kind of have this little standoff and Cena is talking all this trash to him right before oh, they go yeah. out, and Michaels <laughs> says nothing. Nope, just smirks. His music starts, kicks on, and he walks out. So good, so good. It is. It is really, really good, isn't it? Because it, it, it's almost like Cena's trying to trying to get something out of Sean, right? It's like he's he's trying to rile him up, and Sean's just like, whatever, kid. <laughs> yeah, <it's just laughs> you know, thing. like. Uh, this brings me to what is just. A sad but true point that I really have to make. Um, these entrances start, and Todd Grisham is the ring announcer. Yeah, he, I was just oh. about to say, who the hell is the ring announcer? It's Todd Grisham, it's not good, and he is so bad, <laughs> not good. The drizzling shits on, <laughs> like, where the fuck is Chibble? Where the fuck is Lillian? Who is this? So I'm sure someone knows why Grisham was the ring announcer during this European tour, but it was. Please at me. Yeah, please I let have us to know. know. Because, uh, you know, Michaels comes out and the crowd loves him. Cena comes out and the crowd hates Ooh, him. Oh, man, he gets booed. But I can't even focus on that because when Grisham is announcing John Cena, he says, the WWE champion. It's like the longest drawn out, like, uh Todd, it, I'm It's almost as if he had a, a, uh, a note card. And then when they went, they got to the point where it was supposed to say WWE Championship. The W was there, and then the next W was on the next card. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, <laughs> didn't know what was next. That uh, <laughs> uh, during their entrances, though, uh, Jr. says something really, really great here. Uh, he says, "Indeed, that championship belt that Cena's holding—that's what it'll be all about on Sunday. But tonight, what this rematch is all about is competition, ring superiority, mano a mano between John Cena." and the legendary Shawn Michaels. And that's what sets the stage. I mean, of course, surprise, surprise, JR frames it better than any of us ever did. <laughs> uh, that's the reason why he's called the best. Yeah, that's right. And, and King says, as the match gets going, uh, if this match is even a fraction of what this match was at WrestleMania, it'll be a classic. And boy, was he right. Oh, he yeah. was right. It was, I don't know, I kind of prefer this match to the Mania match. I do, too. I, I just, I think structurally it's just better. And it'll be interesting to it's see if double the, almost twice as long. If the WrestleMania match does make it on the list, it'll be interesting to kind of do a side by side comparison of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, let, let's let's laser in on this one because it starts like a true wrestling match should start. Yeah, you know, uh, we talked about a lot. Down. Yeah, we talked about a lot in the first season about how all these matches on the list were such fast starts. Uh, but when you think about a wrestling classic, you don't really think that. A lot no. of the times you think stare down, feel each other out. And that's kind of what we get in this in this match. But I think with an extra little little wrinkle in that, because how did Cena win at WrestleMania 23? STFU. STFU. So what does he go for repeatedly in the on, he in the, in the onset works of this match? That drop toe hold any chance he gets. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see Sean gets frustrated quickly because he has to kind of reverse or break out of an STFU attempt two or three times in the first oh, yeah. two or three minutes. He's got scouted, but like like trial and error, eventually Cena's going to get it. <laughs> I really love that the they 
they did the circling to start the match. They just kind of circle around each other. I love when a match starts that way, mm-hmm. where they just kind of like feel around the ropes and they move around the ring, kind of get Sizing your each other up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know if we've seen a lot of that on this list so far. Not really. Like we talked about, a lot of these matches that we've talked about started out really fast. They're brawls real quick. Well, a lot yeah. of these matches are like blood feuds. <laughs> so that's why a lot of them start off that way. Yeah, but kind of kind of the point of this whole match is who's the better man. Yeah. And so they're going to try to prove it to each other on the mat. Right. And it's face versus face, which is the hardest thing to pull off in wrestling. Well, it, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like there are phases to this match. There are almost sections of the match where they go yeah. in and out of wrestling heel and wrestling face. Oh, yeah. Both of them do. There's Big a couple time. moments where Sean gets frustrated and then just he stops trying to wrestle and just starts like slapping him in the face and like just rolling on the floor, like just throwing punches. So then Cena gets frustrated and like bear hugs him into the onto like the barricade and just starts like laying into like his ribs. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> yeah, the the pacing is is so perfect. Um, it starts off with some chain wrestling, and it's almost as if they knew where they were. Oh yeah, right. right. Um, yeah, the first time I watched it, I was watching it on Daily Motion. Didn't realize that they're actually in London. <laughs> so I'm like, man, they're wrestling a very British style here. And then it goes to the first commercial break. We're back live from London, England. I'm like, oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, you know what I love? A side arm trap overhead takedown. Ah, oh, say that one more time. It was a side so arm trap overhead takedown yeah. from HBK. Yeah. And it, it's something that you see him do a good bit. Like, it's kind of, it's it's the move that's in his repertoire. But oh, yeah. you don't see a lot of other people do that. Not really, which is funny because it's not hard to do. Right. <laughs> it's very easy to pull off. I will say that um, as, as they're doing sort of this chain wrestling, this first five, ten minutes of the match, um, it does allow you to kind of notice some other things happening. Uh, and there's two things that I noticed. One of them is in the crowd on the hard cam, probably three, maybe four rows back. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm about to get to? Are you talking about the little kid with the cutout sign? No, okay, so I'm talking about there's a, he's probably a teenager, maybe younger teens, but he's a teenager for sure. He's got the John Cena jersey. Oh, I know. And a John Cena, one of the military hats that that John Cena was sporting at the time. And if you just watch him (laughs) in this match, it is worth your while. Oh, is this the same guy that had the big sign that just said, Skittles. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Is that our our last well, match standing sign of the night? Though? Well, well there's Skittles. There was fruity, fruity, juicy, juicy, fruity. <laughs> which I'm like, wait a minute, fruity pebbles. That that wasn't until like 2011. Yeah, so that was. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that sign. I forgot about. And that. then there was a little kid with a cutout sign. They were probably talking for his about. They're probably talking yeah. about Rikishi's ass. Probably. <laughs> Well, he was in TNA at this point as Bootylicious Junior Fatu. Oh, oh, that's yeah. Good. He had uh, two matches, and then he said, "Fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> the other thing that I noticed while this chain wrestling was going on is the uh, the ticker showed up on the bottom of the screen. It did, and that was bothering me. Yeah, and the ticker, which is fine, like I, it kind of reminds you that you're watching cable television, and 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 the ticker shows up, and it tells you normally like where their next cities are going to be, yep. get tickets now, whatever. But my personal favorite line from the ticker that shows in the beginning part of this match is, uh, the first 10,000 <laughs> condemned ticket stubs get prizes. <laughs> I, like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that Because Steve Austin was in the movie The Condemned. But I don't understand why they're the first 10,000. I don't know how you verify being one of the first 10,000 to get a ticket stub to that. But if you, I mean. Every ticket stub has a timestamp on it. Uh, does it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe maybe the first ten thousand to send it in. I don't know, but they got. I, don't, I wonder if you were one of the first ten thousand <laughs> and you got a WWE prize from that. Let us know. That's yeah, I want to know. I'm so curious. Was, was it like a, a koozie? Is it 
I, there's no telling. They probably had a whole bunch of like old, old Steve Austin t-shirts that didn't sell from like 1998. Mm. They, they still sell like old merch. Oh, yeah. They, they're cleaning out the closet all the time. But yeah, so this is really interesting because both of you guys were talking about how um, they kind of wrestle in and out of being heels and faces throughout the match. Uh, and, and it really doesn't take very long to see that because Michaels goes in and gets the first slap. Yeah, he gets frustrated. Yeah, he gets frustrated and gets slapped. Cena starts to get frustrated once Michael takes over, and Michaels goes for this hip lock and then receives this enormous clothesline from oh, Cena. Oh, yeah, like completely turned him inside out. Yeah, but it speaks to both of them kind of getting frustrated at different points and just being viciously aggressive kind of to counter um, being out-wrestled, which I thought was a very interesting point in the beginning of the match. There are a lot of moments where you have these little subtle things going on. So uh, I know Cena threatens the STF early, mm-hmm. um, trying to get into the head of Shawn Michaels. And then I love the moment where after that, Sean has this waist lock on Cena, and Cena is just trying to like reach back because you know when you're in a waist lock, you got to try and figure out a way to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of wrestling. Welcome to wrestling. <laughs> uh, so Sean's got a waist lock on Cena. Cena tries and reaches back for Sean's leg. Can't get it. So Sean leans forward and slides his legs back a little bit while maintaining the waist lock. It's just. It's so subtle. Little things like that. Little things like that happen throughout this match. And it's just it, it, it like John Cena in a and John Cena's headlock. The better part of ten minutes of this match, Shawn Michaels is in a headlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting because Shawn has like ten or twelve different ways that he tries to get out of it and none of it works. Well, it is interesting to most of everyone in attendance. Apparently not everyone though, because Sean <laughs> Paul, oh, you know no, what no. happens here? Oh no, he whips uh <laughs> He whips it in the corner, and he's going to do like a 10-punch body. He goes, hey, wake up and pay attention. And then he starts like throwing shots in the corner. And I'm like, and then, Jer- no, King goes, are you talking to you, JR? <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. This is an excellent match. Who the fuck is he talking to? I, I have no idea. Probably Todd Grisham. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Somebody's probably texting. like, hey, get the fuck off your phone and pay attention to the match. <laughs> uh, typically, uh you know, typically the heel is the one to to slow the pace, and so seeing John Cena return to this headlock time and again was very very interesting, and I actually kind of liked it because I mean, anytime Cena has his arms doing that circle thing, you can see all those muscles, and it's just it's okay, it's okay <laughs> to look at. He's got a pretty nice looking arm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cena? Uh, it oh, actually looks God. like he's trying to prove. Him. <laughs> I'm sorry. <It's> like, <gasps> <laughs> it looks like he's trying to prove a point to Shawn Michaels that he is the better wrestler. That's what it looks like to me, kind of in, in the first half of this match. Uh, but once Michael starts to get some control, where he starts to actually, um, instead of instead of just doing wrestling holds, he's he's kind of throwing some, some uh, punches and stuff. When Cena's in the corner, normally that's where Michaels goes for the chops. But he's being more aggressive than that. Way more aggressive. Because he's throwing back elbows. And, oh, yeah. and other things that he normally doesn't do in those situations. So I think that's really, really interesting. And just not what I expected from, from Michaels, who normally, I guess, as a face, wouldn't do those things. Um, but because he is sort of kind of a, a tweener for, for some of this match, he's, he is throwing those back elbows, and it's really, really entertaining. One of my favorite moments in this match is just every time that Cena tries to prove, well, I'm a better wrestler, so I'm going to use a wrestling move. Every single time he tries to wrestle Sean, Sean just reverses it. And basically just teaches him a lesson every single time. Well, I think one of my favorite moments 
Cena keeps trying to do suplexes, but every single time he does a suplex, Sean rolls out of it and hits something, or at one point he just does a swing neck breaker. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not going to out-wrestle Mr. WrestleMania, bro. Right, and that, that neck breaker is work. like the quickest neck breaker I think oh, I've yeah. ever seen. It's, it's like, really good. Yeah. It's really good. And and that's that's a really great point, Paul. It's it's almost as if Shawn Michaels has become the cerebral assassin in Triple H's absence. Because that is the style of match Shawn is wrestling. Good way to put it. Uh, we talked at length at this point about the, the pacing in this match and how, how cerebral it is between those two. You think they knew what they were going to do before they went in, or this is just them uh, shooting? I think they probably had about like a 15, 20-minute possible match worked out where they could just go and it'd be a little bit quicker when I get to the arena. No, no, no. You got an hour. Like, well, shit. We don't have time to plan the whole match, so let's do that match, but we'll just have a little five, ten-minute prayers like, fuck it, let's just grab a hold, we'll call we'll call some spots, we'll do it, and just go. Well, it, it's just such a smart match, and, and it's kind of like when we get into the, the middle section of the match, Sean starts getting into this, like, cerebral zone where he starts setting up, he sets up a sweet chin music. And but he doesn't do it. he notices that Cena expects it. So he changes his mind and slides into a backslide. Yeah, does a backslide. I was like, what? when's the last time you've seen that? Yeah. Um, and then he goes for a clothesline, Cena ducks, and Sean sees that Cena is setting up for a shoulder attacker, so he just drops down. Yeah, drops down. And then he just Cena just flies out of the ring and like clearly like hurts his shoulder. I think that that moment is is brilliant. For a few reasons. One of them is it starts after Shawn Michaels sort of come back, right? He does the flying yeah, I, forearm. Does which, the elbow drop. But I was really upset because he does the elbow drop, and they both lay in there for a good, like, 10 seconds. Referee gets up to count of six. Then Shawn nips up. I'm like, yes! Shawn Michaels is the reason why I can't see a flying forearm without expecting someone to kip up. Yeah. You have to. Completely agree. It's, it's required. But it's this is kind of the first time that they go for their finishers in the match. And so for Sean to almost opt out of doing the Sweet to Music because he knows that Cena has him scouted, only for Michaels to have Cena scouted with with the shoulder tackle that was coming because oh, as if man. Cena was about to start his comeback, uh, I thought it was brilliant. And you don't often see a, sort of a, a hard landing like that where there's a, you know, he's going for a move that he hits 99.9% of the time. For him to miss that move and just hit air was... Oh, yeah was very surprising and I thought it was a really good touch. Well they even call it it's like he has three different impacts. Like he hits the ring, gets king on the ropes, and then he hits the floor. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, Michaels targets the arm. Oh yeah, because he immediately goes for a plancha. I mean Cena catches him, but like he just can't follow through because his shoulders hurt and he gets just driven into the stairs. And I'm like, all right, here we go. There's blood. And at this point, this is when HBK starts taking over kind of the wrestling heel, the slowing the pace, the yeah. really focusing in on the arm. So HBK has Cena down in a hammerlock, and then he wraps his arm around Cena's extended other arm. Yeah, he puts him like the rings of Saturn to do like a half Nelson, and so it's it's a half Nelson hammerlock, uh, rings of Saturn. Yeah, uh, and then he shifts his hips to slide Cena into a pin, <laughs> and so it's like okay. I'm in a, a uh, half Nelson hammerlock and my shoulders are down. This is going to be painful to even kick out of. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's like there's nothing you can do. But <laughs> I kind of noted you can hear Cena just screaming spots. You can't hear the spots. You just hear, and they roll into the pin. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God damn it. Something Did I leave the oven on? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> something he's known for during this time period. That's, that's <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, you can't hear what he's saying. You just hear him just bellowing out these spots. Sean even puts his hand up so you can't see Cena's lips when he's talking. Because he's like, I know we're on the camera. He's look, it's that hand up. Nope, I'm not going to let him see what you're saying. Uh, Cena does manage to hit the five moves of doom, but... Oh, they, come on, let's call it what it is. Shoulder tackle, punch, punch, spin out power bomb, five knuckle shuffle. But they end up taking a little bit too much out of his injured arm, which allows Michaels to escape the FU once. But after trying to follow it up with a super kick, Cena grabs him up and hits the, F, the first FU of the match. HBK kicks out, which was kind of a big deal at the time because not very many people were able to escape Cena whenever he gets this kind of fire. And oh, the match yeah. has gone on long enough to where you would expect it to start wrapping up because, hey, we have got a whole other main event. Oh, yeah. And Cena just looks so bewildered, like, oh, fuck, I thought it was a finish. <laughs> oh, yeah. And let me tell you, that kid in the crowd wearing all the all the John Cena gear, he's not happy. Oh, no. <laughs> he's not happy. He's like, he's booing everybody else's cheering. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it leads to kind of a switch in tone of this match oh, because yeah. instead of Michael's uh, attacking Cena's shoulder. It's now Cena attacking Shawn Michaels' back. Yeah, Let me know if you've back heard this ribs. before. Yeah, you know, the back is... And for the second half of Michael's career, of course, it makes sense that the back is is oh, the bullseye. Oh, yeah, he gets, he gets like a bear trap and then runs him into the ring post. And, and then, just, did you notice, like, after he runs him into the ring post, Cena looks really guilty? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, ugh, My I bad. should have done that. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, Cena applies a bear hug in the middle of the ring. And I just felt like I was prepping for last mania standing <laughs> i was like man uh, here's a bear hug i've seen about a million of one of these that last about <laughs> about 10 minutes too long so i was in it for the long haul i was ready i was like this is gonna be the second half of the match is seeing it in this bear hug um but thankfully thankfully uh, we get a, few years a i refer to it as a delayed vertical suplex but not the way you'd normally think cena gets sean like horizontal holds him there for about five seconds and then just muscles him over that was all and i'm like holy shit yeah (laughs) yeah completely agree is this the first time because cena goes to the top rope and everybody's like what the hell is happening (laughs) cena hits that diving leg drop (laughs) that's a fucking famous from the top yeah famous from the top (laughs) and they're like and then i love it because jr goes uh, Sean's knows uh, no stranger to that move because he used to be the <laughs> right. rocker dropper. I'm like, yeah. holy that shit. Was good. That was re- I'm glad you pointed that out. That was really good. Um, my question, is this the first time Cena does that leg drop? I'm not sure. Because they act like it is. I think it may be the first time he's done it in a WWE ring, mm-hmm. but he brings it back around like the 2012 you know, he's really like, if you see Cena in a match today, he, oh, he, yeah, no, he does it all like the time. Part of his arsenal. But this was this may be the first time we see it on uh, on WWE TV. De- yeah, definitely on like Raw, for instance. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I was thinking. Just and, from uh, the way they were. I just remember, I, was it later this year where he pulled that out against Batista? Batista caught him into the Batista bomb and broke his neck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and then he didn't do year? that move for a few years. That was, yeah, that was only. Uh, not not too long after this match, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Is it like Survivor Series? I, I can't remember exactly when they had that match against each other. But, hey, the powerbomb streak is back. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It continues. Uh, and and wouldn't you know it, Shawn Michaels powerbombs John Cena. Yeah, yeah didn't he see went, that coming. He went for a super FU off the top rope. <laughs> Cena's like, John, oh, I'm sorry. Shawn's like, nope, powerbomb. I, you know, there's not, a, I, there's not a lot of instances in Michaels' career where he delivers a powerbomb. So I was really appreciative of this specific power. It was a beautiful power bomb. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. Um, 
But then we we kind of get this moment where where Michael's you know Cena's outside on the apron and Michael's runs and knocks him off and he and Cena bounces off the announce table and then it's a flashback to their WrestleMania 23 match uh, because at the WrestleMania 23 match Michael's hits Cena with a pile driver on the steps. I mean, is that the last time that's happened in? Like, Possibly since then has that happened? I don't think so. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it has. At some you point, but I, you I don't, don't really often know. see pile drivers like you see Taker do it. CM Punk did it that, they did one, that time. one time. We might talk about that match eventually, but I can't remember seeing a pile driver since then. Yeah, so pile driver on the steps at WrestleMania, and it looks like Michaels goes for it again uh, this time around. But now Cena, who's felt it once before, knows better and and does a backdrop, and Michaels drops from the steps all the way to the floor. Oh, it looks, it looks sick too. And they just, oh man, they <laughs> they brawl into the announce table and land right in Jerry's lap. Yeah, we have a commercial break after the backdrop, it and when we back come right back, there. yeah, when we come back, they're brawling, and you're like, "What the hell, Jerry? Up, shut, shut, please stop!" And then you just hear, "Can you go? Am I on? Oh, God, yeah." So as the match moves into its final phase, it's almost as if. Cena just snaps. Mm-hmm. So they're brawling, and then he's just attacking Michaels on the outside. He is able to get Michaels back inside, and he gets Sean into the SCF. Oh, yeah, immediately locked in, center of the ring. And this is the move that Michaels tapped out just a few weeks prior to at WrestleMania. Yep. So it builds the tension, and you can tell, you know, oh, my God, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And, uh, and you know, because, I mean, you're, you're eyeing the one-hour mark here. And, you yeah. Know, this match is circling the drum. Yeah, I mean, like, if you watch it on the network, for instance, it's like you're like you're getting very close to that nine o'clock hour. They're about to go off the air. <laughs> so, you know, Michaels does escape and hits the sweet chin music out of absolutely nowhere, and it's but he can't capitalize. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting moment yeah. because uh, Michaels grabs the ropes at once he's in the STFU and he's trying to stand back up. Cena goes to get after Michaels, but the ref kind of stops him and he's like, "Hey, he's still in the ropes. Like, you give him a second, yeah, right?" And then just. Bam! And there's a sweet chin music, which leads me to my my question for you guys. Uh, like you said, Paul, Michaels couldn't capitalize. He eventually drags his body over and does lay that one arm across Cena. Is there anybody in the history of anything that does anything as well as Shawn Michaels does a dramatic pin cover? No, I don't think so. That was a quick no. <laughs> yeah, I I mean just just throughout his career, you can think of a million and one instances. Where Michaels, you know, whether it's the Elimination Chamber 2002, whether it's, uh, you know, WrestleMania 12, whether it's, you know, you name it, th- this match in particular, these dramatic pinfalls, whether it's the kick out because he takes too long and he, and he holds that arm up above his body, above Cena's body before he finally collapses <sighs> on top of him. Uh, it's just something that I have. I just really loved that moment always. And it's a good one in this match. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's got to make sure that like Rosie can see what he's doing. But at the same time, he... F- like he does it so realistically that he's not pantomiming for the cheap seats. He's just he's so exhausted. He just has to get that arm up. Well, and the thing is, so you love that moment. The moment I love is Cena looking for the second fu. Sean flipping out of it, hitting the sweet chin music, and then he just collapses on top <laughs> on of him. Cena. Yeah. I love that. That's that's probably my favorite uh, over dramatic Michael's pen. Yeah, it's a perfect one though, right? It it it's, it feels like it. It was very very reminiscent to his 2002 Elimination Chamber World Heavyweight Championship yeah. victory. It it was very similar how he fell on, like on Triple H there and Cena here. Uh, and in case you were ready to just burst with excitement, because I I know I was watching this episode of Raw back then. Um, we were immediately brought down. 
back to earth when Todd Grisham announces the winner because he's still there. Your winner, (laughs) the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. It's bad. And still your WWE champion, John Cena. But my favorite thing is after that happens, Sean picks up that belt and just holds it up. Yep. Because this Sunday at Backlash, he might win the title. Yeah. It, it's kind of it, it, it kind of brings us down, like you said, a little bit back to earth whenever you think about, oh, this was all just a hype backlash. But what a way to hype it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it did its job, I think. I mean, I I would have bought the pay-per-view. I'm going to go home and watch it after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. I'm still paying for that pay-per-view, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right, because after 55 minutes, the two final things that you get are, are one, Shawn Michaels holding the WWE title while he then lays it over John Cena and gives him a couple DX chops for good measure. But you also hear JR say, what an amazing match. Uh, you've got to be so proud of the effort of both of these WWE superstars, but tonight, Shawn Michaels was a superior man on this night. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this Good is all shit. It totally brings it back to him saying, "I know I'm the better man. I'm the better man." <laughs> you know, I need to ask you guys: Did you notice when Sean was laying the title on to Cena at the end? Sean says something to John Cena, and I was trying. So, I, I mean, I must have watched it ten times. I was trying so hard to read what his lips said. And the first part of it is, "I don't need it," and I, I think he's referring to the title, like "I don't need it." So he lays it back over Cena, but then he says something else, and I just feel like I don't know what it is, but it's probably fantastic. So, <laughs> if you happen to catch what Shawn Michaels' lips were saying, Sean, if you're listening to this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it just whatever it was it was probably a good touch. So it was just a really really cool scene after you know Cena gets the better of Michaels at WrestleMania for Michaels to get him, and I think it's really interesting because it kind of is a, a microcosm of Michaels' career uh, once his once he returns from injury, other than the World Heavyweight Championship belt uh, victory at at eliminate at Survivor Series 2002. Because Shawn Michaels, generally speaking, for the rest of his career, kind of plays that runner-up. Yeah, like he, he he wins the heavyweight championship in Survivor Series, but I don't think he holds a singles title that entire like almost ten years he was back. I can't recall one. Yeah, I know he got a couple of tag team runs, but I don't. I cannot remember him getting a singles run. So Michaels' biggest victories in the second half of his career are moments like this. Yeah, he would beat the champion in a non-title match. Right. Or he would, you know, retire Ric Flair or come damn close to ending the WrestleMania streak for Undertaker. You know, those kind of larger than life moments, uh, which only someone like Sean could do. It's right. It speaks to it speaks to his career. I mean, it's it's you know, we we talked about it when we talked about Triple H, Shawn Michaels, is that when he got injured in the 90s, he already had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. And he comes back he's and first, has a second Hall of Fame career. He's first Grand Slam champion. Mm-hmm. He was a three-time WWE champion, a three-time Intercontinental champion, three-time tag champion, and a two-time European champion. And for him to be as important in the second half of his, of his career with none of those accomplishments? No. Just the world heavyweight. Yeah, is fascinating to me. It, truly fascinating. Um, man, 55 minutes. Had to get some good moments. What are some of your favorites? Oh, man. Sean snapping at somebody in the crowd. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, when they just... <laughs> and I know the commercial breaks in the UK aren't as long. That's why there's more than we normally get because they're shorter. But just every time they'd come back, like, oh, my God, how do we get here? Whenever they just come back from the commercial break and they're just <laughs> laying across King and JR. <laughs> and JR's like, please, please, damn it, damn it, get off of us. So Shawn Michaels has one of the 
best flying elbows in oh, the yeah, business. Oh, yeah, beautiful. So good. So anytime I see him go to the top rope, uh, that's probably one of my favorite moments. Um, but obviously the, the finish is, is too good. Um, the the quick out of nowhere. You know, he flips off of Cena's shoulders, and that was a spot that yeah. wasn't done a whole lot then, because that's that's kind of a common one now, especially with the AJ Styles and things like that. Um, in in this last decade of Cena's career, um, you get sort of that flip off of the fu, but you didn't really before this, so it was really was a shocker when it yeah. happened. And and the collapse pin is always a win. So good. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, it it sells how like exhausted they are. It sells that. This was his last desperate attempt, and oh shit, it worked! Fuck yes, I did it. So that, that's 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 how I interpret it because I have always heard this match described as a Broadway, and I have not seen the match since 2007. It's been almost tw- like this match is what like 23 years old. It, well, this match is. Uh, I'm sorry, thir- um, 13 years old. Yeah, sorry. we're get, we're getting close to 13. Um, years, yeah, sorry, 13. So well, the last time I saw this match, I was 17, and. I didn't watch a lot of wrestling in the early to mid-90s. I didn't know who Shawn Michaels was. Shawn Michaels, the guest referee from uh, Judgment Day 2000? Because <laughs> like, I dipped out of wrestling around the time that Shawn came back. I wasn't watching it. This is like when I was just getting back into it. Like I uh, started watching TNA, and then through TNA, I stopped watching TNA because Jeff Hardy went back to WWE, and then I started watching WWE again. And so I didn't have that you know, 15-year journey of watching Shawn Michaels. Right. So watching this and yeah, he's like almost 40 here, but you can't really tell. He still he he looks younger, he still moves around like, amazingly. So I didn't know he was this aging like champion. I thought he was just this other guy who was in the upper mid card to the main event scene and was just having these great matches. It wasn't until years later that I realized, holy shit, this is like one of the greatest that ever laced up a pair of boots. Holy shit. So and, and John Cena plays his part. He really does, right? He he. I think John Cena, um, you know, obviously this is the point where he's becoming, and he already is established at this point as the guy, yeah, in the company. You can't wrestle this match by yourself, and and John does does a really good job playing the part, and especially in front of a London crowd that that is pretty opposite of what he would be used to, at least in terms of reaction at at this point. So really, really interesting that Cena was able to be such a good dance partner with Sean in this match, especially considering the best of Cena is yet to come. Oh, absolutely. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here comes fun part. This is, this, is the, <laughs> this is now for the 24th time. It is time to rank this match on our list of the 100 yeah. greatest wrestling matches of all time. Uh, um, you know, I guess first things first is, uh, you know, as we are kind of building up the 20s, yeah. Of this list uh, does this belong in the top twenty? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but real quick, I just yeah. noticed something interesting. Shawn Michaels is the seventh two-time appearance on this list. Yeah. Hey, good point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's I mean, interesting. Very very interesting. There. Sorry, I was just no. I I love yeah. that. That's really good. <laughs> um, but yes, this is definitely top twenty. Um, I would hazard to guess this. Mm, mm, I don't know if it's going to break top 10, but this is definitely top 20 material. Yeah, um, uh, that's where I'm struggling to. I am kind of have it right there on the borderline. It's like, okay, so it's easy, it's easy to put it over uh, Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then you look, at, you look at matches like Cactus Jack versus Triple H, CM Punk versus Undertaker, DIY versus Revival. Uh, yeah, it, it's just going to push it above uh, 
above that just because of the the in-ring work that we got here, the story that they were trying to tell, the story of Shawn Michaels coming. Not trying to, they told. Right, but, but just <laughs> just the, the overall uh, feel of what Shawn Michaels was trying to accomplish here and the fact that John Cena came out of this match better. Yeah, I, it, I, think, I feel like Shawn Michaels is one of those people that go, well, he can beat you but still make you appear to be a bigger star even though you lost. Sure. Much like Ric Flair. They knew how to make people look good even when they beat them they made their opponents look like they belonged in that ring he also made it seem like he was that was a desperate attempt if, if Cena kicked out of that he Sean had nothing left so if that didn't work then he would have lost the match and that's how I interpreted it I uh, hopefully that's how you guys yeah, both know for sure I feel like Absolutely. that's what they were going for like the because like the whole the desperate oh I kind of fell on top and got the pin if Cena kicks out or gets the bottom rope Sean's done mm-hmm and just like this, the drama, the story, the, the I don't know, we, we're not supposed to do it this way, but the match that screams at me that's most similar to this is uh, Kurt Angle and The Undertaker from No Way Out. Hmm. I think I would put it right above that. So, so it would be the new number 14. Yes, I would put it Angle right above that and just behind Trish and Lita. Okay, that's a really interesting spot. Um, I think I understand why you'd put it there. You know, you have a little bit more on the line with the Trish and Lita being the, the first main event. Yeah. And then Angle Taker, you know, oh, there wasn't a whole lot. It was kind of thrown together at the last minute, but that, they that put was, on a clinic. They did, but that, that match was a, we're not going to have this match at Mania, so we're going to have it at No Way Out. Sure. It'll be a one-off, and by the time the rematch is supposed to come around, Kurt's gone. He's not in the company anymore. So for me, the match that it screams at me that they're most similar to, and, and it may not necessarily jump at you. Uh, it, it's kind of an odd comparison, but for me, this is most like number 11 on our list right now, which is Ooh. Nakamura versus Ibushi. Okay. It's that sort of, you know, the young guy who has now come a long way and proved himself. We're at Wrestle, we're, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom 9. This is the, the biggest stage you could get at. And Ibushi is really just trying to take that next step up and prove himself against who is one of the greatest of all time, Nakamura. And so I feel that that story almost mirrors what's going on here. Okay, I see that. But for me, the in-ring performance between Cena and Michaels was superior. And so I would put it at number 11. Okay. Right under our top 10. All right. I plead the fifth. <laughs> can't do that, man. Uh, no, gotta... I can't. I signed up for this tonight. Um, <laughs> man. You know what? Podcast, man, this is number one. That's the way <laughs> no, uh, I mean, truthfully, um, this is a match that I think is regarded as one of, if not the best in, best in Raw history, right? And this is a show that's been around, you know, almost three Third, full decades yeah. now, right? Um, <clears throat> so... <sighs> When I'm comparing it to matches, like I, I I completely get the comparisons that that you two made. Um, I I personally would would put it over Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. Really, I would, but I I would put it under um, the the Unbreakable Triple Unbreakable? Threat. Okay, uh, so I would put it right at number ten. So I'd have it in our top ten. Okay, um, and I guess ultimately, what what keeps me from putting it higher is that. It is sort of a wrestling classic, and because of that, um, you know, when you think of of big moments from this match, like if if we hadn't seen it, 
before this, you know, like if it had been that 13 years or whatever since we'd seen it, when you think back to this match, most of what you think about is the finish. You don't really think about a whole lot else. That's a good point. Um, and and for me, I, like, and I love this match, and there's a whole lot of ring psychology, and there's a great story being told, and I think that's that's what, for me personally, my taste is, that's what makes the best wrestling matches is telling that story. So that's what makes me want to elevate it even higher. Um, but But knowing that it is not necessarily full of memorable moments, I guess, is one that keeps it out of okay. going higher. I mean, we, we've said it a couple of times. This this match um, is more, leans more to the storytelling aspect. Yep, for sure. But what I think is interesting, because like Magnum TA, that match is all story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, that's all storytelling. I mean, there's some fucking amazing wrestling and some fabulous like spots in that one. But that's all storytelling. The storytelling is so good that you kind of look past. Maybe it's not the best match, like bell to bell, like say like Omega and Okada, which was like storytelling and just depthifying athleticism and just holy shit. Right. It had it had everything you wanted. It did. Um, but the story in this match is so good that like you do kind of look over the fact that yeah, it's fifty five minutes. A lot of that is kind of like a slower feeling out process. Like the first ten minutes is mostly like chain wrestling and headlocks, which mm-hmm. is boring on paper. Uh, right. Execution, it's not. And like we said, the whole time I'm like, that wasn't an hour, was it? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, we love the hell out of this match, and it, and it doesn't feel like an hour to us. No, it does not. It, I feel like that was a, that was the easiest hour long watch that I've done in a while. I, yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, even Omega Okada, there were parts of that match that did feel like, oh man, this has been an hour, <laughs> but like it, not like in a bad way, and just like because there was a lot. It was a lot. Happening. Also, I mean, I, I know I I initially kind of. What the fuck is this two-minute rest period? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They've been wrestling for like 62 minutes. They need to take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, ultimately for me, it, it falls at 10 because if I'm comparing it to T.A. And, and Blanchard, yeah, T.A. and Blanchard's a lot of story, but there's not a lot of wrestling because it's True. just they're trying to kill each there's other. There's like five wrestling moves. <laughs> right. And so Cena and Michaels tell that story with a lot of ground game and with a lot of, you know, sort of wrestling as, as tweeners for a, for a lot of it. And I think that's a very yeah, interesting they, take they, on it. They both have, like, there's, like, two double turns in this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the crowd is is great. And um, I, that, that's where I would put it. I mean, that kind of puts us a little all over the place. Um, kind Not of really. That, I mean, it's just one, middle of the one pack. Month, that's only one more than he put in. It's only, like, three more than I did. So, so. I... I don't know if I want to put it over T.A. and Blanchard. So I'm kind of stuck there because you think about the imprint that that match made on the history of wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, people will be talking about that match, you know, 100 years from now. Um, And, you know, I don't know how much long-lasting impact that this Michaels and Cena's match, as good as it was, and as how sure people will be talking about it for years to come, and it's very difficult because I kind of see them in in that aspect kind of side-by-side. I I think the TA and uh, Tully Blanchard match was terrifying. And it was one of the only instances in the ring where you had two legitimately people wanted to kill each other <laughs> and and it really felt that way and it and came you across that they way both might do it and so it just it hits me a little harder and if i have to use another measurement that we've used in the past to kind of put the two together uh which one would i go back and watch first i think i would watch ta and blanchard first What's, one because it's quicker it's easier it's to a watch third the length yeah. right um but also because i don't know parts of it are almost more interesting. You have those 
guttural. Uh, it's it's extremely realistic. Um, so I don't know. I have difficulty jumping there, but I totally understand your argument in that if you're looking for a more of a pure, clean wrestling match, this you know Cena and Michaels is going to beat it. Yeah. So I think this speaks to sort of our stylistic differences. Sure. Uh, yeah. And it kind of speaks to the William Regal tweet that I mentioned last week on on Gail Kim and Awesome Kong when you know. Regal says, you know, what was the best match of the decade or the year or whatever? It's whatever you want it to be. Whichever one made you feel the most. Right. And so for for me, you know, I see this match as one of the greatest in Raw history, which is a storied show, obviously, for many reasons, in a, in a show that's full of classics. And then it's also between two of, agree with it or not, two of what will go down as the greatest wrestlers in the history of the business. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things I'm like, hey, you can say you hate seeing all all you want, but like, you don't last and attain what he has in the business without like deserving it. Absolutely. Nobody handed him anything. So you can get that out of your head right now. And if you don't like Cena, you don't like what we're saying about him, then I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna... greatest, greatest arms in the business. <laughs> you <Whoa>. said it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all that to say is that I, like, I would rather watch this one before I watch TA and Blanchard, but that's okay. but I think that speaks to just kind of yeah, how differently style, we feel. Styles. Yeah, and and I and I know that there's plenty of people that would prefer Tully, and I think there's a, a good group of people that would also prefer Cena and Michaels. So I think it kind of depends on what you're what you're looking for. Um, needs pa- more Lex Luger. Maybe that's all it needs. <laughs> Maybe that's all it needs. I don't I don't know. For me, TA and Blanchard is a is a memorable match, and and that speaks to kind of. Um, one of the things that I said was one of the negatives about this match, perhaps, is that it didn't have all those memorable moments. Um, but to go 55 minutes in a WrestleMania rematch on Monday Night Raw, I, I don't know. Like I, Paul, you had it at 14. So, well, I mean, oftentimes whenever I throw a number out, it's usually kind of like, okay, I'm gonna throw a softball and see. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's got to break the ice. Because I used yeah. to, I used to throw it hardball. Like, nope, this is it. I refuse to back down. I'm like, no, I've learned. <laughs> well, okay, but we both have a pretty. I really wanted an eleven. Spencer is for yeah, one hit, wanting it at ten. I hate being the tiebreaker. I think you're the tiebreaker. It's such a hard choice. Um, it and is, and we're really splitting hairs at ten and eleven. Yeah, and and, I the, know. and the fact is, is that no matter what you choose, someone will get their feelings hurt. So they no will. Pressure. Um, <laughs> if I really like, if you really twisted my arm, I think I would put it at ten. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and for a lot of the same thing, a lot of the same things that uh, Spencer was saying, I I really understand where he's coming from with that. It's a really good threshold match. Oh, it's great. Is it, this yeah. is a great like. Do you make it into the top ten? Means. Were you better than Cena and Michaels on Raw? Not a lot of matches are going to be able to say that. Well, I think right. that's a really interesting point because, I mean, number nine is that unbreakable triple threat. And, and that, that feels like another threshold <laughs> match, oh, it right? Is. Like if you really want to break into what is going to become the, the real cream of the crop of our yeah, list, I, I really that's feel the like, match uh, you have to compare yourself I really to. I feel like our top ten is like, hey, these are good matches to watch if you're getting into wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I would err on the side of watching ten and one. I would like... Do those later, but watch like nine through two, then watch ten, and then watch one. Right. And I think people who listen to the show will have a better understanding of why we rank the matches the way we do. Yeah, I, I think so. Because like right now, nine th- two through nine, those are very easy to watch. Some of them aren't even that long. Like uh, Brett Nolan, that's like a what fifteen minutes? Yeah, long? yeah. Eddie, Eddie and Ray, Ray real like quick. Eight. Yeah, that one's yeah. Like they're the shorter, you can get through them pretty quickly, and they're engaging. Well. It, to, Landon, to your point, it really is about splitting hairs, isn't it? You know, it's 
it's really hard. And and I don't know, you know, as we move forward across this thing, if if we're keeping this at 10, I don't know how many matches get in between 10 and 11. You know, like this could be our 10 Oof. and 11 for for a long time. I think so. Sure. I, I think we're going to come up to a point where it's going to be, all right, is it better than either of these? No. Then it'll go at like 12. Or if it goes at 9, it's going to be really freaking good. <laughs> and it's it's strange because they're so different. They're, the, the, they really the are. The matches are very different. They're very, very different. different. But it could be said that that both of them were truly about finding out who was the better man. Yeah. Obviously in very different ways and for very different reasons. But they were, you know, Blanchard and and Magnum TA were they they hated each yeah. other. So one of them was the like, better man. Shoot hated each other. Yeah. You got to wonder if this is the first time that Magnum TA versus Telly Blanchard was uh, compared <laughs> to the raw <laughs> classic of John Cena versus Most Shawn likely. Well, if that's the case, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so man. is is, oh, is that it? Is, yeah. is 10? Number, number 10, 10 in is. our hearts okay. and minds. Hopefully yeah. in yours, too. Um, boy, that was, you know, we've had some difficult matches strength. That might have been one of the toughest so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so thanks to everyone that listened. We super, super appreciate it. Um, our next match is the 25th anniversary of last match standing. It's the <laughs> 20, it's, 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. The silver anniversary. Uh, how, how obnoxious was that? WrestleMania 25, the you know having to call it the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. Did you hate it? Did you like it? It was the Ugh. first one that I watched live, and I don't remember how long. Yeah, well, that was actually Hope's very first WrestleMania that she ever watched. That is interesting. So. Yeah, no, nope, my first WrestleMania was 17. Huh. Well, there you go. That's a good 11 one. years old. That's a good one to start. I didn't watch another WrestleMania live until 25. Mine was 20. Mine, mine was, was also one. 20. Mine was also 20, and I so I watched. Yeah, I mean it was twenty, and then twenty-five was my first live WrestleMania. I think I didn't watch. Yeah, but I haven't. 24. I haven't missed one since. Yeah. So twenty. I've watched them all live. I've been to two of them live. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will not fall into the um, the obvious choice of doing Shawn Michaels Undertaker <laughs> at number twenty-five. I don't think we're going to do that. We will have something else for no, you. No, I want to. Like we just did a Shawn Michaels match. We want to kind of. We want to get a few more out of there. Yeah, it's going to be really really exciting. If you uh, voted in the poll for this week, thank you so much. Uh, really tough choices. You know, talk about. This ranking was tough, but I think picking between those four matches was really tough too. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, you, I looked at it like, oh man, I don't know. And don't worry if you if your favorite match didn't make it. Those matches will be back up in another poll. A little oh yeah, longer on down the line. And if you have any match suggestions, please let us know. Uh, our <laughs> suggestion box is growing, and we definitely want to make sure that yours makes it to a Twitter poll. Yeah, for sure. And don't forget, you can send us those suggestions at Last Match Cast on Twitter or Facebook. You can email us at email us at Email us as well. <laughs> I, I remember how to talk sometimes. Uh, at lastmatchstanding at gmail.com. That's lastmatchstanding at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, also, don't forget, if you're a patron, you get an extra vote in those polls. So yep. that's really good stuff there. Thanks for your support. We got some really fun stuff coming out on Patreon soon, yeah, too. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, it's be wait amazing. To put that out for you. Yeah, we're in the middle of watching WrestleMania 5 right now for Last Mania Standing. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, talk about bear hugs. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're like an hour in, and so far I'm like, wow, this is way better than four. (laughs) (laughs) We've got clean finishes. I can't wait to see what we bring you next, but as we continue season two, um, just know that it's going to be one of the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. Uh, As always, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And this is Last Last Match Match Standing. Standing.